Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, behind the scenes shenanigans as executives vie for one of the most important jobs in television. Who will be hosting Channel 10's version of Deal or No Deal? There's an interesting rumour doing the rounds. And is Foxtel about to lose a major content deal? Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Welcome to TV Black Box. Joining me on this fine recording is TV and radio's David Robbo <laughs> Robinson. Hello, Robbo. Hello there, Rob. Great to be with you. I think I've written that into the script about five times. It never gets read. Finally, I found the master <laughs> copy and I thought, I want to be called TV and radio's David Robinson. Um, did you how find long the template? Get yeah, I did. I did. It took a long time. And I thought, I don't know how much longer I can get away with this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, and I finally found the bloody template. So, uh, look, great to be with you. Uh, on this wonderful podcast. Just like Anchorman, if it's there, I'll read it. TV Black Box <laughs> producer Abby Mickelson is with us. Hello, Abby. Hello, Rob, and I am recording tonight on Darramurugal land and would like to pay my respects to the traditional custodians of this land. And while Mark's away, Tim Burrows will play. Yes, it's Tim Burrows from Unmade joining us. Hello, Tim. Hey, hey, Rob. In a slightly unusual circumstance, you, you, you join me from the airport lounge. I've just run in off a flight, so I am, I believe, recording on Tullamarina land. I haven't had a 100% chance to check that but I believe that's the fact. But certainly I can see aeroplanes out of the window. Yes, and uh, as is Qantas's uh, way of doing things, you're going to be kicked out of the lounge very soon, so we might lose him for a bit here and there. He hasn't been censored. I don't often do that on this podcast, only when Robbo oh, speaks. Yeah. So. Yeah, don't, I like how he said, I never do that. He was quite honest, and I like that. He doesn't often do it, and I appreciated that honesty. That's good honesty. Uh, someone's... Someone's got to keep the content ship shape. I don't know if I'm the person for that. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into it because an interesting story popped up in Sydney's Saturday Telegraph over the weekend declaring Darren Wick had won the battle to remain the top dog at the Channel 9 newsroom. Now, Annette Sharp reported the paper division had their eyes on the roll as a way of integrating the papers and TV divisions and expanding their portfolio. But Sharp also reports radio boss Tom Malone was in the frame as a possible replacement. Although offering no reason as to why or how Wiki has seen off the contenders, the paper says he will stay in the position for the foreseeable future. Um, Robbo, it's interesting. I have heard these rumours about Tom Malone possibly being a contender to take over from Darren Wick. It's been around for ages. Nothing's happened. Um, you don't know what's truth and what's industry scuttlebutt. Um, there's always a top dog. Where there's a top dog, there's always a challenger, isn't there? It's true, and that is television, isn't it? I mean, I'm shocked that in television there's someone that wants to stab another person in the back. I mean, I'm shocked <laughs> by this, and I'm shocked by the story. Um, not suggesting that's I don't happening know here. That there's anyone actually trying to stab? No, no, that's in the right. Back, that's right. Though. No, no, that's right. That's right. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. And also, look, there's nothing wrong with. Um, you know, having ambition and things like that. Um, no. Darren, Darren Wick has been amazing for Nine. He's done some great things. Um, and I, I, well, I think Sydney News is number one. I mean, nationally, yes. Seven News is number one, but that's because of the Perth and Adelaide markets, although there's competition now in, in, in Melbourne. Yeah. But if you have a look at the East Coast, he has done a great job. And he's he stocked it up and, he's, and he's, he's, he's put it away, and that's absolutely right. When, when you're any other network apart from Seven, it's very hard to get a national uh, win with news when you've got Perth. I mean, I don't even know why yeah. Nine and Ten bother turning the lights on in Perth. Uh, but they do, and that's great, and it's fun. 
Um, but I, I really like it. Darren Wick's been there for a long time. Um, he's a newsman, which I really like as well. But this is what happens in this industry. So we shouldn't be surprised that there are stories like this. Uh, and remember, um, Darren Wick would have had also these ambitions before. So we should never have a go at anyone about having ambitions, and we're not doing that. But Darren no. would have been the person beforehand having those ambitions to get to that top job at nine, which is fantastic. Tim, I have to say I've worked with both Darren Wick and uh, Tom Malone and I still work for Tom Malone in some capacity on 4BC and 2GB when I'm doing segments there and, and occasionally 3AW. Um, I, I like both men. Um, you know, there's no doubt Tom Malone's got a big future. A lot of people see him as a potential CEO of Nine. Yeah, I, I and I... I, I don't know either of them particularly well. I've met them both, and I probably know Tom a little bit better. I interviewed him for my book from his previous role when he'd been heading up sports, yes. and he was one of a very small team at nine who masterminded snatching the tennis away from seven, yeah, which was a huge surprise at the time. Um, and, and, you know, it, was, it, it involved, you know, some quite sort of, I guess the um, sophisticated game theory to um, to get there, and you you have to bear in mind with the uh, the announcements, which of course start the moment I start talking. Um, <laughs> I suppose, and I suppose as much the the issue for nine as much as anything is they have a lot of bench strength. You know, they always have because of course it's a business with mm. publishing interests, with news interests, with obviously with the you know the major kind of TV interests, and you need to bring on all of your executives because of course you want to move them on to the next level. And I think that's one of the questions is who wants to do do what next? Because what we have seen with Tom Malone, Tom Malone running um, Nine Radio, of course, is it gives him exposure to uh, profit and loss, you know, the the kind of the the numbers as well as just running a, yes. you know, something like a news division, which if you want to be seen as a future CEO one day, then you have to have that responsibility rather than just, you know, spending the money of the news division. So there are different routes to the top. Um, but yeah, what, what I don't have though is uh, an, an, an inside track on, you know, the, the, on this report from the Telegraph. I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell you the truth or otherwise, other than to say that Annette Sharp is often right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, you might remember back in August, TV Blackbox revealed that Deal or No Deal would be returning. The big question has been, who will be hosting? Rumour has it that 10 are looking to bring back an ex-member of the project to front the classic game show, with Carrie Bickmore and Peter Hellier the obvious choices. Now, I have to say, I, I published this article, and it's not one of those ones where it's, I've got the sources to back up that it's Todd Woodbridge hosting Tipping Point. So I'm not here saying Carrie Bickmore or even Peter Hellier, are, are, are locked in to do this. I'm literally just reporting the rumours here. So this one, don't put your money on sports bet. Don't take it to the bank. I'm not allowed to bet on sports bet, apparently, with these kind of stories. <laughs> I tried once. It didn't go through. <laughs> but um, uh, am I not allowed to say that? Is that insider trading or something? No, I, think, I, I think it's fine. I just am surprised that these are even on sports bet. Like, who's the next host of Big Deal? You can no bet on deal. everything. They do things like yeah, that. You can bet on mm-hmm. anything. Oh yeah, they're addicted. They're, they're stunts. They they mm. they limit you to a very small bet. They they did one when um, uh, Carl came back to the Today Show and his <laughs> yeah. brother Pete was on yes. Sky News. Yeah. So they they did the bet on who's going to get the best ratings on the first day, <laughs> which of course was. <laughs> Hundred percent obvious. So, so I did go on and have a bet on that oh, one. That. And you know what? They they limit you to a maximum bet of I think it was a hundred. It was either ten bucks or a hundred bucks. Yeah, but, they do the same um, for reality show finales. I think they limited it two fifty because it's always right. Really and it's and, and they just do it for the PR coverage, which of course they get. And we've just uh, we've just fallen for <laughs> once again. <laughs> Genuinely though, I tried to bet on something on one of those silly things, and it wouldn't take my bet. But did you pay for it? Did you put money on it? Like they asked for money. I, yeah, I tried to put the money on. <laughs> I'm just, I'm messing around with you. All oh, right, fella. Over my head. Um, Abby, <laughs> the shooting schedule, yes. or back on Carrie Bickmore. Okay. <laughs> the shooting schedule would certainly suit Carrie's uh, radio career, but do you think she's a good choice? I actually do. I 
In my memory, Carrie Bickmore is probably my first like Australian TV personality that I became a really big fan of. I loved her on Rove, loved her on The Project, used to watch her on The Project all the time growing up with my family. Like I really, really like her. And I also think she is a really good combination of someone who can have a lot of fun but also have that kind of human connection as well that I think lends itself well to a game show. She's very empathetic. Yeah, and I just think, I think it's a really interesting, and I wouldn't have thought of it, but if it is true, I really like that direction. I also love that it's a woman because there are no female game show hosts in Australia pretty much, um, like You're a very, gonna very small handful. You're going to hate me saying this, but well, there is a belief, and there has been a theory for a long time, that female game show hosts don't work. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that, but... I don't agree with that. I'm not surprised that that is the belief. But so I think it's good that they're giving a woman the opportunity to do it because how are you ever going to prove that wrong? Um, Yeah, I was already really excited for Deal or No Deal. It's my favourite game show. And if this is true, I am even more excited. Fair enough. Yeah, look, I... I very much agree with Abby. And it's funny you used the word empathetic, Rob. That was exactly the word I was going to use as well. You know, I... You know, she... I guess what it made me think of, and obviously it's like, it's like generational difference, is the same skill that Larry Emder has for crossing from sort of, you know, yes. hosting TV to hosting a game show, that you just need someone who can kind of be warm and mm. connect yeah. with the contestants. And I I really think she can do that. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think the thing I'd be most surprised about is if it doesn't work... Mm. Yeah, I actually think it will work. It's a good format, and it had run its course when Seven replaced it, although it wasn't dead and buried, but um, they just found a a game show that was new and energetic. I think it could work. I think it's a good alternative to the 6pm newsers. I think it's a smart move from 10, I've got to say. Uh, We'll see what happens. And speaking of Larry, mate, don't forget every fortnight you can see me doing the buzz segment with Larry and Kylie on the morning show at around about 9.40. The days do change, however. You know, uh, oh, my God. Shameless plug. Yeah, so I've tried to develop a drinking game for all of us where um, whenever whenever Rob mentions that he works for Seven Spotlight, um, we have to take a drink. Weirdly, we're about, what, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes into the podcast. He hasn't mentioned it yet. But the show still has a long way to go. And also another drink every time Abby tries to stop Rob from mentioning yeah. her TV affiliation. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. He hasn't done it tonight, though, so I'm happy with that. The night well, is young. You know what? Mm, I was true, thinking true. earlier today, I should ask Abby for an update on how the job's going. Absolutely so I'm giving you a week's not. notice. Give you a week's notice and get the clearance from everyone. All right. It was a massive weekend of sport with the grand finals of both the NRL on nine and the AFL on seven, bringing in huge audiences. The AFL won the battle. It had a national average of 3.71 million and the NRL, well, that was just below 3.52. While both scored a boost on last year's ratings, they paled in comparison to the figures we saw back in August for the FIFA Women's World Cup. You might remember the semi-final between Australia and England almost combined the two all up. Robbo, it really does highlight how huge the Women's World Cup was when we consider that it scored the same as the AFL and NRL combined. Yes, of course. And and it was a great moment. It was a great moment at the right time, right place, right time for that kind of event, which is fantastic. And hopefully that is paving the bricks or paving the... What's another sport in it? Paving the wicket. Paving the the, the course or paving I'm, I'm just paving I'm, they I'm usually trying to think just of say sport. paving the way oh paving the way but I was trying to make it a sport <laughs> analogy so uh, the wicket or, or 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 the court or the course or something um, the for the fields the you know the mm. the paddock uh, the goalposts <laughs> beautiful work there um, I don't think you'll be making uh, nine's Olympic coverage uh, um, <laughs> this next year what in I Paris. will tell you though is yeah I'm not um, but so. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually watched all three games, Rob. There were three big games on the, on Sunday and Saturday. There was the NRL W Grand Final. The Knights took it home. Great work by the by the ladies there. Well Fantastic. done, ladies. And I watched. I, I mean, I, I I watched some of it. Yeah, like we could say some of it. We, I, I certainly watched a portion of it, um, and I certainly watched a portion of the other games. Um, uh, yes, obviously, pals in comparison. Can I say um, kiss meh? Whatever. It, to, to steal a line from Roy and HG, um, they are a nighttime act. 
and they proved that in the daytime. That that the the, the harsh I light of day does that's not bullshit. Does yeah, I not thought they were great. Nah, I thought Kiss nah. were fantastic. Tim, I want to yeah. ask you about this because I was on news.com.au where over the weekend and I felt they were looking for any negative item they could come up with with about both sports. The, yep. With both sports. Correct. Thank you, Robbo. You I noticed agree. it too, did you? Yep. 100%. It was just negative about both things. So it, it doesn't matter who came. They might have fans resurrected Elvis. Fans outraged at Kiss. Fans outraged yes. at Tina. Fans outraged at this. Fans outraged at that. It just seemed like they thought, we want clicks this weekend and negative stories is the way to do it. Well, I suppose one thing to think about is, is just that mechanism of how that story gets assigned. You know, there will be somebody whose job is to watch social media yes. and judge the sentiment. And there will probably be somebody whose job is to watch the performance, the musical performance, and report it. And maybe they go in open-minded, but you want a result, positive or negative, you know. So I, you know, I, I, I guess Robbie Williams last year, huge hit. But I doubt if anyone sat down to write that story beforehand knowing this is definitely going to be a hit you know if Robbie had tanked Robbie tanked but yeah you definitely but you definitely get I suppose a bias towards an extreme sentiment you know it's it's a bit you know every single day in the unmade newsletter we write the unmade index the movement of the top 10 companies and you can't write day after day not much happened yesterday <laughs> you have to you have to find the most interesting thing out of several fairly average things but there were and five angle stories tim all all taking yes. a negative yeah. slant which was unfair. Each day no fair enough these, these, unfair whether it's the performances whether it's yeah. about something on the field it was just negative nancy and i i actually remember thinking Geez, news.com.au, uh, I don't think the NRL or the AFL are going to be happy about their partner, i.e. Fox Sports and the big company that owns them, writing all this negative stuff. There, there, there was a lot of, and again, they focused on the negative aspects of it. So um, Kiss did their thing um, and then they had Tina. I rarely tweet anymore and I rarely watch sport. But I thought that doing the Tina thing was for, and I'm going to say this, for a sport that can often be a little tone deaf, for a sport that can be a little bit always on the wrong side of where it actually should be, did the right thing on this time by going, this is going to be our event. Agreed. And it was absolutely Agreed. fantastic for a sport that and really does that. And she's been such that. a big part of the game. Exactly, mm. exactly. And made the game a national game, made yes. the game yeah. um, and, and exposed it to so many people. So this idea, and I, I, I heard some criticisms beforehand, again, just people looking for the negative aspect of the story going, well, you know, um, AFL had Kiss and we've got a Tina Turner impersonator. Well, no. And that I don't agree thing. with... yeah. Sorry, Robbo, news.com.au yeah. then went, oh, the, the NRL's gone for a Tina Turner lookalike when yes. the oh. AFL had Kiss. Like, yep. Kiss was the big, oh, wow moment yeah. when the day before they'd said, what a piece of shit to have yeah. Kiss. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it wasn't consistent. But I just think it was just whoever got that across the line. And I would like to think that there wasn't much pushback, but I think there would have been pushback to go, look, if we can't get Tina, and obviously we know that Tina passed away, if you can't get the real thing, then move on from it. But they've gone, no, we're going to make this massive set piece, we're going right, to bring in you, massive yeah. dancers, and we're yeah. going to do the right thing by this woman, who did two songs for the NRL, and also got people engaged in the game. More women watched it after that yeah. and have stayed with the game. She yeah. liked the game. She was friends with players. Alfie Langer were fr you know, friends with her for a long time. That was just the spot on and it was a great number. Look, and, I, and I suppose one 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 thing to bear in mind though about the amazing ratings for the um, Matildas and they were amazing is it wasn't particularly successful commercially for Seven. Um, the the August numbers just came in this week for advertising spend and TV was down for August. But now, that was it all locked like in most before, of the, before they knew yeah, the ratings not, not, they were getting. I, I think it it was partly that, but it was also partly because Optus had the rights. Mm. And when they passed on the rights to show the game, they held up, held on to most of the advertising rights. So we mm. saw a huge jump in um, revenue for digital streaming. So I think that's where it all got allocated. So right. whereas, of course, so, so I don't think it was an amazing, it was a great boasting rights deal for Seven. But Optus got and the promotion. spoils of it. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, and the promotion. Whereas if you look at, um, you know, the, the reason Seven loves AFL is they can insert so much advertising yes, into the game yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Whereas with soccer, you know, for 45 minutes solid, you can't show any ads. Mm. So it's a very different commercial proposition. And when we talk about commercial TV, yep. that makes a huge difference. But do you think that's also, Tim, because they didn't expect it to be the success that it was as well? Definitely. Yeah. It was for people who did come on as sponsors, it was the bargain of the century. You know, it was, we, and this was it was kind of predictable because you'd have the the, the Euros the year before in the UK mm. where all of the UK got behind the Lionesses for the first time mm-hmm. and that became a huge cultural moment. But two weeks out from um, the Women's World Cup in Australia, there was just nothing. Yeah. Everyone looks back now and thinks it was inevitable, but it wasn't. No, it there wasn't. was nothing. There was nothing on the billboards. And then it came through just, just in the nick of time, you know, and I think, we'll, you know, Lots of us will always remember we were for, you know, the moment that penalty went in. Yeah. But, mate, can I ask you this? It's a hell of a thing. There's, to me, there's something broken about the way advertising works on commercial TV in this country because the salespeople will go out and say, we, we reckon this will get 800000 right? Advertisers buy based on that, and if it doesn't achieve that, they have to do make goods and bonus spots. But if it gets $1.2 million, the networks see no benefit of that. They can't up their prices, but they're always paying if they don't meet the minimum expectations. Does that make sense? Yeah, I suppose until next year. So, for instance, you take a gamble on, let's say the people took a gamble, and Coles was the big example, took a gamble on the first year of MasterChef that was this huge hit a decade yep. ago, came from nowhere, and they, they they got a huge repayment in the first year. But, boy, when they would have wanted to come back in year two, yes. in year three, in yep. year ten, they'd be asked to pay pay the uh, pay the full rate at that point. So I guess you, you get rewarded for, you know, for the gambles you take. And, of course, it's going to change. The model is going to change for television. Once we're all streaming and we're all watching different ads, which will believe it happen when we're streaming, you know, when we're watching live, then, of course, the advertisers are paying for exactly what's being watched. So the model will change again at that point. Well, wasn't there some talk about dynamic pricing at one point? Did that ever happen? Well, to a certain extent, that exists already, certainly in the digital sphere, because, Mm. you know, there's, there's not one there's not one set down rate that everybody's paying all the time, you know, so there are still different prices to target yeah. different demographics and all of those things. And that will become even more so. Now at the moment, it's not fully traded like the ads that we see, you know, when we're, we're, we're looking at a, a website, for instance, where those could be any price at all, you know, depending on, you know, whether the, uh, the advertisers know that you, you're in the market for a credit card or not, for instance. Now, at the moment, the TV networks charge the price point. So although it's kind of traded automatically, it's against an agreed price. Yep. But, um, so that's, that's where the human intervention comes. But gradually that will change, I think. How much is a 30-second spot in My Kitchen Rules costing these days or the block or something like that? Oh, uh, I don't know. As question without notice, um, <laughs> it's still in the still in the still in the tens of thousands. The the one that the, the, the stat that amused me was the opposite way around. You know, for the if you want to be, you know, in the centre of uh, the AFL Grand Final or something, obviously it's, it's huge in, uh, in 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 Melbourne. Whereas um, I remember someone gave me the stat that in um, uh, Tasmania. Last year's AFL Grand Final, um, the uh, Kino, which is like the you know the local sort of um, kind of play along in the pub yeah. sort of betting game, um, they booked a whole break and it ran for about four minutes. It was the most insane ad you've ever seen. I mean, it was it was like someone was um, yeah had smoked something pretty amazing to get to that point. And I understand that the entire thing to run, and this was all of Tasmania, was something like twelve thousand dollars. Oh my god! Wow. We should put a TV black box ad in there. Yeah, let's do a Patreon. Yes. Let's, uh, donate money so we can take an ad out. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's let's remember one of one of the big announcements from Nine at their upfronts a few weeks yes. back is yes. you can now you can now run an ad from I think was it five hundred bucks, Rob? You were, you were sitting next to me when they it said a, that. Yeah, yes. It was an AI generated ad, and 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 voiced by an AI bot, 
and five hundred dollars. Um, I was a bit unclear how many spots that gets you, though. Yeah, that that would be. I think it was five hundred. Your, your minimum spend was five hundred dollars. So depending who you were targeting, then how many times it would run mm. for that would have would have varied. Yeah. All right. Coming up, seven spotlight. Have a drink to go live <laughs> as the referendum gets closer. I'll bring you the inside scoop because I'm producing it. Plus, is Foxtel about to lose a major content deal? And we'll find out what everyone's been watching in the TV binge box. And I have a warning alert. The show you must simply avoid. Is it this show? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So this Sunday night, Channel 7 will be airing a live special event at 9 o'clock about the referendum. It's a seven-spotlight special event. It will be a debate-slash-forum that looks at the issues surrounding The Voice. There'll be some advocates from the Yes camp and the No camp having a discussion about... We're calling it the final pitch, basically. This is the final pitch six days before Australia goes to the polls, and this is your chance to find out what it's all about, because I do believe there is so much confusion out there at the moment. This is a huge undertaking, um, but I do think it is something that needs to be done. On the no side, we have Jacinta Price and Lydia Thorpe, and on the yes side, we have Malandiri McCarthy and Ray Martin. No, I need a, I need a yeah, reaction to Ray Martin. For a reaction. <laughs> Yeah, I was pausing for reaction. I need a reaction. Do it. Say it again. A- and Ray Martin. Woo! Yep. <laughs> okay, fucking. About, how about a... Oh, wow, that's cool. Wait, 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 wait. Ray Martin. Say Ray Martin. Melandiri McCarthy and, get this, Ray Martin. Absolutely. So on the weekend Ooh. I tweeted, when Ray Martin talks, I lean forward and bloody listen. And this is what I encourage everyone else to do. Look, I, people probably don't know how I'm going to vote. Um, it, it's, um, <laughs> and, 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 yes, you would be right in probably thinking that you don't know how I might vote. But, yes, um, you, you should think that I'm, I'm listening to all... Uh, all arguments and yes and when Ray Martin says yes I say yes Optus yes um, can I just say Robbo that um, it's been quite interesting putting this special to air and, and what, we've got a live studio audience we've got <gasps> the worms cool. tell me you've got the worm it's not called the worm oh sorry, sorry I'm, Channel 9 the, like the worm but yeah, we've sorry. got Roy Morgan doing the seven pulse and it will uh, be following the pulse of the uh, conversation. Uh, 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 so it's the worm. Yeah, I'd rather the worm. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say worm. It's not a worm. My, my question for you, though, Rob, is, is this a piece of public service broadcasting or do you genuinely think it will rate? Uh, to Ooh, be honest, mate, I think it's more yeah. a public service broadcast, but obviously it's commercial TV. We want it to rate. And so, you know, um, it's been interesting. I've got to say, I am disappointed with the yes 23 campaign because i thought getting an hour of primetime tv would be a no-brainer for them the yes campaign is the the yes vote is so far behind it's sitting at about 40 percent and i was i've been surprised at their hesitation coming on board to be honest um and we only locked in melandiri today um so I, I, it's funny, I sat back and looked at that and said, thought, if the no campaign gets up on Saturday, Saturday week, can the people in the yes campaign sit there and honestly say, we did everything we possibly could? Well, I've got to tell you, I've been talking to a few people in the media and I don't think they have. And there's a lot of media outlets at other networks and other people I talk to who've had a lot of problems with the yes campaign. And so I think that in these last two weeks, they or last week and a half, they should be taking every opportunity to get their message out there. And I will say, Robbo, 
that since doing a lot of research for this, <clears throat> and I will say, Robbo, since doing a lot of research for this, I, I've moved my idea of where I'm voting. So I, I'm, I, I was sort of a little bit over the line towards no, and now I'm back maybe towards yes. Yeah. And I do think, Tim, to answer your question, I think we are trying to cut through the confusion. I am putting together this show. Um, visually, it will be amazing. P TV lovers are going to love this because we're filming on the Sunrise set, but you will not recognise it as the Sunrise set. As I said, we've got a live audience. We've got the uh, Seven Pulse. Um, we've gone up to Uluru and we've read out the statement from the heart, the Uluru statement from the heart. We have an Indigenous actor who's done that. We've gone into remote communities to find out what they think about the voice. There was an article in the Telegraph saying there's apathy up there. And so we've gone to find out. And very quickly, Rob, give us a hard number. What number do you need to rate to consider it a success? I, 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 that hasn't been discussed. Um, the, the network realised this was worth doing. We had an idea. We, was, we, we had a discussion about how could we do this. And Mark, um, Mark Llewellyn and I sat down and we had a bit of a brainstorm. We came up with a concept. We, we pitched it to Craig... Um, McPherson, we pitched it to Craig McPherson and, and Angus Ross and they really liked where we were heading. There has been no expectation. Of course, on Monday morning, I want to win the ratings. I, I don't do things not to win. But this is genuinely more than that and this is not coming from a, a, a biased point of view. This is genuinely trying to work out what's going on, get rid of the confusion. Why do you think... Um, and, and because you're in the thick of this, Rob, and, and I've, I've yep. really been interested in, because um, you did you did let us know that this was happening, and I, I think it's a great thing that you're doing. I think it's also great that there is a mixture of public interest and obviously ratings from a commercial point of view. Being someone who's in the thick of it and getting people who are at the, at the, at the top of both piles of yes and no, mm. why do you think the yes camp are not coming on board as much and, and i agree with you it's 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 do or die now we are getting into it why do you think uh, people are not I, yeah. responding i think they're placing too many restrictions on what they will and won't do what what, what, what say, are those what, what does that mean though yep let yes. me give you an example they will say you, you will go to them and say we want to do an interview or have a debate with someone who am i debating who's on it we know we don't want to do that kind of debate we don't want to give them prominence and it's like They've got prominence. These, these no campaigners have prominence. You're not giving them credibility by taking them on. What you're doing is denying yourself the opportunity to tell your story. And I think it, it, from my experience dealing with this, I think if this is the way the Yes campaign has behaved, I think they've totally missed the mark. They're not talking to mainstream Australia. You know, like the big wigs, you know, Pearsons and the like were on Q&A. You're talking to an ABC audience. They're not the ones you have to convince, right? Why, don't talk to an echo chamber. Get out there and talk to Heartland Australia. What's more Heartland than Channel 7? Channel 7 is like meat and potatoes Australia. What's and the they're the chook? ones you need. The roast chook, that's yeah. right. The yeah. research said the roast chook. So if you want to talk to Australians, what do you do? You've got to go to where Australians are. These are the people. Mums and dads across the suburbs, they're the people you need to get on board. And by not engaging, I, I, I would genuinely say, I couldn't believe three weeks ago when we went to them, it wasn't, great, we'll be there, whatever you want. I, I genuinely couldn't believe that wasn't their reaction. I'm surprised by that too. Do you think maybe there was an element of distrust? Maybe, and, and maybe they have distrust in the media, but when you're at 40%, you know, you, your chances are very slim of getting your vote across. I agree. What choice do you have? Yeah. Like, even if the game's rigged, you've got to go in there and give it a go. Now, let me tell you, this game isn't rigged. This is hand on heart. You guys all know me, right? Yeah, I, I get obsessed about TV and the way we do things and all that kind of stuff. But when I do shit like this, I do it for real and I do it as a place of truth, right? This is from a place of truth. I want a real debate on the issues to find out why people are voting no. I want to be told why we should be voting yes. And here's what we're doing. Both sides get two pitches in the night, right? The yes and no camp will get, at the beginning of the show, a one-minute piece to camera where they get to basically present to the nation. 
why we should be voting their way. And then again at the end of the show, they get to, the the other members of the yes and no panel get to do it as well. So we're giving them a full opportunity, sixty seconds. We're not vetoing what they say. It's uncensored. It's live. I mean, what better opportunity is there than that to get your message out there? Can I back you up on this? Whenever we did anything like this on Studio 10, um, whatever the idea was in, in a production office, whatever, um, I would always say that you were very clear on the fact that we are doing, we are doing this side and we are doing this side, and whatever happens, like a sporting match, whatever happens, we can't yep. predict what's happening. Um, I, I, yep. I think you should be very proud on that, and I think they're very lucky to have you um, on this production for that reason. You, Because you are also now a media commentator, we, we also get to understand where you kind of sit, and, you, and you've, you've said yep. that today, um, and, and I think that's important. But I, I really, truly believe, despite that, and everyone has a bias, no one is... Tickety boo down the line, yep. right? Um, yep. But I think it, it, that's that's a that's a, in good hands for this production. I think I, I'm really excited to watch it. Well, something I'm curious about with this sort of show of the guests who gets paid. Does some talent get paid, but not the politicians, or does it depend if they're oh, smart enough question. to ask or not? What well, what's the etiquette? Yeah, no one's being paid. Pure and simple. Yeah. <laughs> no one's being paid. Dumb. They're all doing this because it's a serious discussion and I, I don't think any of them would want to be paid. We haven't offered money, no yeah. one's asked. Can I, can I ask you, um, you've got Ray Martin, wonderful, brilliant man. Kerry O'Brien, though, has been the broadcaster who has been at the forefront mm. uh, of the Yes campaign. Did you approach him? No, and I'll tell you why. From the beginning, we made a decision that it had to be Indigenous Australians on the panel. We didn't want white people talking for them. And you've got to remember, Ray Martin's great-great-grandmother yes. was Indigenous. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay? Yep, fair. So fair. I saw a confused look. <laughs> um, but that was important to us. We we just yeah, thought... Yeah, I think that's a good call. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, which made the pool smaller, to be honest. Yeah, of mm. course. And... And, and has created some problems with trying to find the right people for the panel. Sure. But I think we've got a great panel now. Yeah. Mm. Cool. All right. And you can watch that special live on Channel 7 at 9 o'clock on Sunday. Make Woo. sure you're there. And if you're following me on Facebook, I'll put up an early release of how you can get tickets if you want to be part of that. All right. The partnership between Warner Brothers Discovery and Foxtel could soon be a thing of the past, with HBO Max looking to enter the streaming market. Currently, HBO shows like The Last of Us, Succession and House of the Dragon all go to Foxtel and Binge as part of a long-standing licensing agreement. But a Warner Brothers Discovery exec recently spoke about their rollout plan for HBO Max, identifying Australia as a critically important market. To make matters worse for Foxtel, their current agreement is due for renegotiation in 2025. Abby, this could be a disaster for Foxtel. Yeah, I agree. I, I've i spoken about my disdain for Binge before in terms of the platform itself. I do not like it. Mm -hmm. The one thing that keeps me signed up is the content. And I was looking out of curiosity today because I've never really put much thought into it. Every single show I watch on Binge is an HBO show. Like, the HBO library is brilliant. Speaking to, like, family and friends in America, HBO Max is, like, unanimously their favourite streamer. The content is just so, so good. I think if you take that away from Foxtel and Binge, that is an issue. I don't think that their library outside of that content is anything impressive. Robbo, do you think... Foxtel can survive something like this? I, Losing I, this amount of content? Yeah, I agree with Abby. HBO is a, is a, a massive supplier and has been for a very long time um, to, uh, you know, the one and only really cable network we have in the country, which is Foxtel. Um, they lost Disney, and that was going to be a huge thing. And it, and it was. Mm -hmm. They lost the Disney Channel. They lost all of that content. Stan lost a lot of content. Survived but, fine without it, though. No, no, it has, but can Foxtel? I don't think so. Foxtel um, has been able to get so many of these shows uh, and use them, and, and, and greatly so. Um, I think that if once they enter the market, unless Foxtel starts to aggressively make their own content, and they do make some content, but really aggressively, or, or go after 
Well, let's, let's be honest here. Will Paramount Plus be around in 2025? I'm going to suggest not. So maybe there's an element or an a, a opportunity to get that library. Well, no, no, no. You raise a good point because Wall Street is saying to Paramount Global, don't do the... Don't do the streaming service. Yeah, get Be out of it. Be a content provider. Yeah. Sell your content to other streamers. So maybe if, if you know, if the the dominoes fall in the right way, that's probably not even a phrase, but I'm just going to go with it because that's what came into my that head. That is, but, actually. Oh, is it? I liked it, yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, well, three, two. If the dominoes fall in the right way, um, <laughs> <laughs> then it might, it might be really fortuitous for something like Foxtel and also other local content uh, sorry um, cable providers around the world in smaller markets that if Paramount does pull out then there's a market there to get that content they still have a lot of great content they just haven't done a good job of, of creating uh, local content and things like that um, I think that's probably the best way to go with that HBO though I think Foxtel is foxed <laughs> well Tim do you agree with that because if you look we talked about Disney. We've talked about how Foxtel lost that and kept surviving. HBO, as Robbo and Nabby have said, is is a huge loss. Does Foxtel sort of start concentrating on the sporting side of their business and the KO? A few things going on. We've got Project Magneto coming along, which is Foxtel's try to move to become a bit more like Fetch. So this is kind of based on the Skyglass technology. So that's one part of the story. We might yet see them try and bring the two apps together. So they kind of merge KO and Binge. Mm. And they might well do that at the point at which Binge would otherwise lose momentum. So they've got more of a story for the for the market to kind of fudge that. Um, the other big pressure I think Foxtel have got coming up, as well as the content pressures, is um, now... If we go back to the kind of history of Foxtel, they were still getting people um, able to subscribe over effectively what used to be the, the coaxial cables. MBN switches that off at the end of the year. So obviously a lot of subscribers they would hope would come across, but not everybody will. So that's a that's another factor as well. But, but I think the, the big one that will just decide so much of how this plays out actually happens in the US which is the ownership of all of these groups so you've got um, Warner Discovery as the owner of HBO um, HBO Max um, they might well see, you may well see sort of Comcast lose interest or become a seller so that that might well change where the ownership ends up so you know we, we'll actually see a number of dominoes falling in the US hey, you, know, we'll, Robert, you got the thing right hey. <laughs> Hey, dominoes. Hey, there we go. Dominoes will fall. So, um, so you know, the the key one being ownership of Hulu, which um, when 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 that becomes a single ownership, whoever ends up as the non-owner will have some money to do something else with. So you could see all of these dominoes fall. Which I let's get this on the record because I'd say there's only a five percent chance of this happening, but I'd love to have it on recording somewhere. <laughs> To me, there's just a possibility (laughs) that one day Paramount will end up buying Seven. (gasps) Wow. And and I'd say there are a number of dominoes that would have to fall for that moment to land, but that's... uh, It's it's slightly larger. Well, it's a non-zero chance of something like that happening because we're seeing Paramount begin to get um, momentum in the US with Paramount Plus. Um, I think they're a far more powerful company globally than they're given credit for in Australia. Very, very interesting, mate. All right, on that note, and I'll tell you what, if you're right, I will clip that audio up and retweet it to the heavens on earth. Or re- what is it? It's a repost now, isn't it? <laughs> well, well let, let, let's, let's quickly make a recording and make every single possible prediction then. And then we'll just cut the right one. All right, let's open the TV binge box and find out what everyone has been watching. All right, I have been watching on Paramount Plus, funny enough, The Uninspired, Unemployed, Impractical Jokers. Now, this, I think, ended up on the main channel. Maybe there was a launch week or something like that, and I had no idea what it was about. I've had a look. It's very, very funny. I really like it. Mm. It's lots of practical jokes, and it's just funny TV, actually. Um, And the only thing is, though, my um, 13-year-old daughter loves practical jokes and there was a point I'd seen enough I thought it was okay maybe a little bit of swearing or whatever 
and she comes and sits down and says, oh, have a look at this, and they're doing, uh, as one of their challenges for the person who um, basically lost the bets, they all bet each other, these four guys, they were doing a manpower sort of performance where they're stripping down, and I'm just like, off you go, Ellie, this is not for you. This is not the television show you wanted. Now, my next TV binge box is a community service announcement. Spotlight Do on not seven. watch this. Oh. Avoid like the plague. Run for the hills. It is a new show on stand called Court. Oh. Now, it's got Sean Penn, Matthew Fox in it, and I've got to tell you, it is the worst thing I have seen in a long, long time. Now, it's, it's trying to be a comedy, but the difference is when you make a comedy... Sometimes the funniest laughs come from playing it straight. Everyone is in this like, yucka, 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 we're making a comedy. Matthew Fox, the worst acting I've ever seen, comes from him like trying to be this big, tough-talking American, you know. And the funniest thing, the only thing I laughed out loud is when they were naked um, and, and one of the guys had a huge penis. You will like that, Robbo, but it was a prosthetic penis, I'm assuming. Um, the other thing I laughed at was the G-string tan line on the same guy when we saw his bum. And it was just a funny visual. It wasn't anyone being over the top. They didn't even do a close-up of it. It was a funny moment because they weren't playing it over the top for the laughs. The laugh came naturally. This is over the top. I, after 10 minutes, I wanted to turn it off. And I actually, I, I got those... Um, uh, I've got those things that keep your eyes open in yeah. like in a clockwork orange <laughs> yeah. and I forced myself to watch it because my eyes kept wanting to g- close and go to sleep. I forced myself to make it through the episode and I will never do it again because even though I may not have been the best person in, in the world, but I don't deserve that torture. I don't trust your comedic opinion though because you're a Big Bang Theory fan. Oh yeah, terrible. So now you know how we all feel when that show's on. <laughs> and that is the solution rob your solution to this whole problem is the big bang solution you need to add in a comedy laughter soundtrack this is trying to be something it just hasn't achieved anyway abby because your opinion is so much but more superior to mine <laughs> why don't you tell us what you've been watching um, I'm still working through Lost, so I'm like halfway through season three, getting Matthew there. Matthew Fox. Oh my god, he acts pretty well in Lost. I'll Who tell you that. Who is he in Lost? Um, Jack. Doctor Jack. Oh, Jack. I don't know actors. Actors aren't my. Like forte. the main oh guy. <laughs> Jesus, are you watching the right Lost? Big fan. Big fan. Yeah, you didn't see Lost. I know the show. character names. I don't care. Anyway, um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> the other one I've been watching. I've just been watching clips of it on YouTube. Sorry, where are you watching Lost? Oh, Disney Plus. Thank you. No worries. Um, uh, Mark's not here. I've got to do it this week. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I've been watching clips <laughs> of it on YouTube because I randomly thought of it the other day. I don't know if any of you watched it. It was on Channel 7 in 2006. I think it went for three seasons. It was It Takes Two, like the singing version of Dancing oh, with yeah, the Oh, yeah, Grand Daniel hosted it. Grand Daniel was the host. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And so I've been watching clips of that because Kate Ritchie was in the first season and so I was obsessed with it when it was on because I was obsessed with Kate Ritchie. And I, it just brought back all these memories Like because I, I voted for her a lot of times on our home phone and it cost like $180 because I didn't have any concept of like oh voting God. costing money or whatever. So I was just sitting there night after night like re-dialing oh. and there was a little voicemail like, hey, it's Kate Ritchie, thanks for voting for me. And I got in so much trouble. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been loving watching little clips of that. I find that way more interesting than Dancing with the Stars and I would actually love them to bring that back. It was so good. Oh, there you go, Angus Ross. I know he's a big fan of the podcast. There's Abby's hot tip for you. David Robinson, what have you been watching? Well, um, I'm still going with what we do in the shadows, which I, every episode just gets better and better. And I know I keep talking about that uh, on every program. It is just amazing. Um, I also did a little deep dive into Australian Story where they did uh, the program on Bon Scott, you know, the original from ACDC. Spoke to his brother. Um, his brother had only done one interview in 40 years and it was for that night he said this is the first one i'm doing it's the last one i'm doing it is a really great program australian
Australian story is just oh, a wow. winner every time. Um, and he made a point of that, and they got you know they had wonderful vision of him. You know, obviously going to Bond's grave, also giving great stories about Bond Scott. It was a really, really, really well produced program, and I like the fact that he chose Australian story. Um, as the one and only time that he will ever talk about his brother. And it was a really great moment. Um, now, that is two televisions, but I also want to bring back mm-hmm. what I do my... Um, hold on a minute. Where I bring back my um, TV show and tell, even though it's a, it's a, it's an audio broadcast. Oh, yeah. um, but I have been the wonderful owner of Kerry and Kennelly, the LP, um, which is just wonderful. I love you. Yep. So I the honestly gra- love you. The great thing is, um, Kerry Ann is aware of the fact that her album is on Spotify and Apple Music and she encourages people to use it so she can get of the course. royalties, which is fantastic. The other thing really quickly um, is she's got a, there's a sticker here uh, and it says Star of Good Morning Australia, which I love. Uh, the other thing is uh, they make a note of saying it's a removable sticker. So you might be a fan of Carrie Ann as a singer, but you might have hated <laughs> Good Morning Australia. Don't worry, the sticker is removable. Uh, so that's a great LP from Carrie Ann Kennelly. Uh, wait for it, do yourself awesome. a favour, buy it. Tim Burrows, bring us home. What have you been watching? You get two shows, mate. Hey, um, I, I've just I've, I've just been on the plane, actually watching, uh, catching up on another episode of Morning Wars, the latest oh, season yeah, that on yeah. Apple, which is, uh, I've got to admit, it's becoming a little implausible. I don't want I, I won't do any spoilers, mm-hmm. but let's just say that the way they handle a cybersecurity incident in no way is how a business would handle a cybersecurity <laughs> incident, particularly a media organisation and particularly not humans so it's just it's hitting that point um, and again again I don't want to have spoilers but somebody has a very big commitment filming commitment and then just basically on a whim decides not to do it and there are almost zero circumstances it's becoming a bit ridiculous so mm. I'm a little I'm, I'm beginning to doubt whether I'm going to stick with it or not so that's that's okay. one i'm wobbling on a bit um okay. and then the other one is more I, I i'm excited um it's not here yet but i bring news moonlighting is returning yes after yes. all of these years they've sorted out most of the rights i don't think they've got quite all of the music rights but enough so bruce willis sybil shepherd back finally in their 1980s pomp. Yes, because they never did rights for Beyond Broadcast. They didn't think of DVDs, VHSs or streaming rights. And And ironically, I seem to remember the point at which Moonlighting really went off course was when there was a writer's strike or an actor's strike way, way back in the day. So everything Uh, old is new again. And the two stars hated each other. Oh, well, you know, that's not that uncommon, is it, in television? <laughs> Especially no, on this show. the TV black box crew. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. All right, thank you, Tim. That brings us to the end of TV Black Box for another week. I would like to thank Abby Mickelson, the producer of this show, David Robbo-Robinson, Tim Burrows from Unmade, a great podcast, especially every Monday. If you want to know what's in the papers from all the media roundup, Unmade and Tim do a great job of bringing you all those stories. Tim, we always love having you on TV Black Box. Thanks very much, mate. Always my pleasure. I think I'm the last person left in the airport now, so I really (laughs) think we have to stop. (laughs) Well, we'll let you go. I'm Robert Nine. Don't forget, for all the inside goss, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.